Welcome everyone to Love and Pod, the weekly Trigon Stampede podcast. I am your host, Lady Zeon the Double Fang, and with me as always is my co-host, Kai the Non-Binary Typhoon. What number are we on in our streak? I forgot to count. I forgot to check. Uh, this is our fourth episode in a row. We are... We, we we have doubled the amount of uh, consecutive recordings we have done. Woohoo! Yeah. Okay, so uh, first thing I wanted to talk about is I wanted to actually go back to episode 7? Yeah, the last episode that we did. We were both really disappointed. We all had a lot of negative things to say. And a lot of it kind of revolved around levio kind of exiting the 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 plot early in the episode as well as just all the weird shit with the ion cannon and how nothing was really clearly conveyed and i feel like i didn't articulate it well enough so i kind of want to come back around to it this episode to say one of my big problems with it is that you had a conflict that was both internal and external with levio like, you know, you have the external conflict of he is literally dangerous and is trying to kill them. And the internal conflict between uh, his history with Wolfwood and him now having to, like, fight against his brainwashed best friend. And you ditched that for a purely external conflict, which is the Ion Cannon's going to fire at the orphanage! And the Ion Cannon does not have, like, well-established, like, rules and understanding. And we don't know how really this thing works or what anyone's doing. And it is just such a massive downgrade in terms of stakes and dramatic tension. Yeah, I I agree 100%. That's basically the feeling. I know, like, as a, like, as someone who's done some writing and making characters and stuff, it's... I sh- it's it's a common struggle I found with myself and with others I've talked to to get an internal and external conflict because it's like a common understanding that you want both and it's so it's the idea of like it's a struggle to get that sometimes when you're still like in the early stages of writing and planning your story and your characters um in my case I always like get an internal conflict really easily and then I gotta think, wait, crap, I need an external conflict to push this, actually. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, like, pointing out the fact that you had this really great story element that had both. You had it there. It was right there and you threw it away! You literally (laughs) shot it in the fucking head. You had this thing that I had to struggle forever to get a hold of, and it was so great. Everything about it was great and well-connected, and then you said, lol, throw it off. Yeah, but like, like, what if this really interesting character dynamic was replaced with a giant laser gun? And it's like, it's not like they had to do that either, because like, because I just had the thought of like, well, maybe they just wanted to hurry up to get to what this episode all entails, and they couldn't have Livio hanging around, they wanted, but it's like, the addition of the ion cannon is what made them have to rush through Livio. So it's like, you just didn't have to have that. Yeah. We said it before in that last episode, like, you could have just extended the conflict with Livio, cut out all the ion cannon shit, and then, like, the last two minutes of the episode is now dealt with them trying to stop the steamer. Because also, 
like when they're dealing with Levio, the more they're dealing with him, the closer the stand steamer is getting to the orphanage. You still have that tension. That is a tension that's very easy to relate like relate to the audience, which is the sand steamer is going towards the orphanage. We're fighting this guy. We need to not hurt him. But also we need to disable him and stop him before we get there. And we are approaching it quickly. As opposed to, well that guy just shot himself in the head. But uh oh there's an ion cannon. So now we have to deal with the ion cannon next. And we have to do a whole bunch of things that are not very con well conveyed to the audience. And then like, you know, then we can deal with stopping the sand steamer itself. Which is just like, why is there just two layers of external conflict Two layers of external conflict that is the same conflict when you could have just had the internal external conflict of Levio and then tie it all up with the external conflict of the Sand Steamers going to hit the orphanage. It wasn't hard. Yeah, it just boils down to the idea of um, like the main grievance you and I had with that last episode was the fact of if it was just you wanted to double up on the external conflict with the ion cannon and the sand steamer, that's fine. But it's the idea of, like, you got rid of something that was better to do that. You know, it's the yeah. idea of, like, you, 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 you made an unnecessary change, and the unnecessary change made the story worse in the long yeah, run. Yeah, like, like, you had dramatic tension. You had, like, 9 out of 10 dramatic tension, and you exchanged it for 3 out of 10 dramatic tension needlessly. We literally gave episode 6 a perfect score. Yeah, and that was all carried... By the emotional weight of the relationship between Levio and Wolfwood and their backstory and their history and the conflict that was going on in the present. And then you just completely, once again, shoot it in the fucking head to do the laser cannons going to destroy the orphanage. Like, literally, you could have had, like, Wolfwood trying to rationalize with Levio, if you don't stop, if we can't stop this thing, the orphanage will be fucking destroyed. And then that could have led to the confliction in his programming that leads him to shoot himself in the head. You still could have had that. And then, like, you don't spend half an episode with him just sitting in the fucking desert and Legato going, so uh, go back around and pick up his fucking dead-ass body so we can reanimate it. So, speaking of backstories, you want to get into this episode? Man, we, we fucking called it, though, with, like, this being the backstory episode and nothing else. Okay. So, episode... Shit, what are we on? Like, eight? Is it episode eight? Eight. <clears throat> episode eight. Our home. Uh, it opens... This is all flashback, baby. So we're starting, like, little baby Vash and little baby uh, Knives hanging out with Rem. It's their first birthday. Vash is all into it. Knives is being, like, a pretentious shitty asshole about the whole thing. And then we have opening credits. Hard cut to Vash is now on uh, No Man's Land. Ships are falling out of the sky. He's escaping from the escape pod. He uh, yells at Knives 
for like what he had done. Knives yells back at him like don't you lecture me. You're the one that gave me the codes to even access this. And he's just like I didn't know you were going to do this. And then we hard cut away from that to Vash just running through the desert. He starts to like hallucinate like that the dead bodies are like coming and reaching for him. And then he passes out. But just before he loses consciousness, there's a couple of people who see him and go, yo, there's, there's like a kid in the desert. Uh, he wakes up in a new ship and he is introduced to Brad and uh, Luida. They're looking him over and they determine, oh, this kid has plant properties. And they talk about how, oh, he must be an independent, a plant born of a plant. Vash tells them that there was one other nigh, but he's probably dead. Vash wonders why they saved him, because he wanted to die. You know, Luida really tries to reach out to him. Uh, she starts asking him all these questions about, like, him being a plant, can he generate, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he refuses to eat. He learns that Rem apparently died trying to save everyone. Luida gives Vash a picture of Rem and Nye and, like, all of them together that they salvaged from their ship. People on the ship just do not trust Vash. He is kept in containment. Later on, uh, after several like weeks have passed, uh, they are able to access uh, audio from the black box from the ship that had crashed uh, with Rem's last message. And they're like, oh, like you know, she's the reason all these people are even alive in the first place. And then immediately right after that, their plant starts dying. They're freaking out. Vash is just like, the plant's dying. I can feel it. I can hear it. Let me go speak to it. I need to be with it. Luida has decided Rem sacrificed herself for all of us. She's the only reason that we're here. And she loved and trusted this kid. So she frees Vash. Vash heals the plant. And Luida and Brad kind of vouch for him and get him more integrated. They give him his own room. Vash starts working on other plants, both in their ship and uh, in various other locations. Luida gives him his iconic red jacket, even though it's a little too big for him. And they rename their ship from Ship 3 to Our Home, because it is their home. And then you get the title card. Yay! Sometime <laughs> later, Brad gets Ship 5's black box fully functioning. Uh, he hears Vash and Nye's uh, argument. They realize that Vash is somehow connected to the ships crashing. They think that he might be dangerous, that he's been playing them. Vash runs away. Luida finds a letter saying that uh, Vash is sorry for lying to them and that, you know, an independent caused this and an independent needs to try and make it right. Luida goes out looking for him. And then we actually get a bit of a flash forward where Vash wakes up back at home with his robot arm. And then we flash back again to Vash approaching a structure, all of these dying plants, and surrounded by some people is Knives. End of episode. Whew. That was a lot of backstory, um, and we're not even done yet. No, we got cliffhangered on the backstory. Right? Oh. So now the question is, is this gonna, like, 
follow through in the very next episode. I, I really feel like it will. I mean, I feel but like it has I to. I worry. I've been burned. I've been burned by the Professor Layton anime. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> of, like, all this episodic nonsense of, like, okay, this is a little childish or whatever, but fine. And then we get the, oh, okay, now let's go into the big mystery of the anime. And they end it with intense cliffhanger of, like, oh, my God, where did he go? What's going on? And then the very next episode is back to episodic BS. My prediction for the next episode is going to be like half recap, half uh, like half like you know set in present day, and I think that set in present day would be cool if we had like half recap and half what Nye is doing now, what Knives is. Oh doing yeah, now. no, that would also work really well. It's just really weird to like leave us on the note that we did in episode seven. Where, like, Vash has all the lines on his face and Meryl and everyone else realizes that Vash is part plant or is a plant. So, yeah, like, it's really weird to just kind of leave us on that and then just give us an entire episode of flashback and then end that on a cliffhanger. Yeah, it... (sighs) It does feel a little weird. I think this, I think we're getting a little too comfy with the like major story element cliffhangers here. But also, it's a weekly anime, so it makes sense. They want to make sure you're interested for an entire week and want to come back. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, that show, this show has been so hit and miss with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh. But apparently, I guess it's doing well. It's getting a second season. Which we'll talk about that later. (laughs) I really did like this episode, but it's hard for me to, like, contextualize it with the rest of the series. It feels just so disconnected from the rest of the series right now that I'm just like, yeah, I liked this episode. but And I tried to think, but how do I feel and how it related to the previous episode? Uh, nothing. I feel nothing. In that regard. Not good, not bad. I feel nothing. Yeah. And <laughs> how it relates. I think this is a perfectly fine episode. It's well structured. It's well paced for the most part. Um, I don't really I... have any major complaints, but also I don't have any like major compliments either. Like it really feels like we're just kind of going through the motions of the backstory. And even like for that, I'm kind of dissatisfied. I'm going to say that, um, I'm going to say what my opinion on this one thing I'm about to say, right? I'm going to say it in a funny mm-hmm. way, and then I'm going to actually say it legit, right? So, I appreciate not having Roberto, right? Okay, so... Oh, yeah, I, I think this is coming. <laughs> they gave us a lot of information, but it never felt like an unnatural info dump from any of the characters. The conversations where they talked about, yeah. like, Brad and um, Luida, when they were talking about what is this kid, what is this, like, kind of plant-not-plant thing, and she was explaining to him, independent, like, that's a thing that we're finding out happens sometimes. Like, a plant can give birth, and it's rare. Yeah. And that makes sense, that someone would be aware that plants are a thing, but know enough about how plants work and what they look like to be confused by Vash, and then have somebody who is aware of this rare concept or this rare phenomenon about plants, you know? And it also makes sense that because it's a rare phenomenon, she one person can be aware of it and the other one not. That makes sense. It didn't feel unnatural. And it was just like, oh, yeah, that's a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't go into, like, let me explain how plants work. 
you know, which is like what one of our big complaints with Roberto. It's not so much that he's giving us information so much in how he always did it, which was the, let me explain every little basic tiny detail that you would know all these details anyways, you know? I definitely agree. Like the exposition and everything was handled very well this episode. I have no major complaints there. Honestly, I really have no complaints in any of the exposition. I feel like it was very organically given to the audience. Where my problems kind of lie is just like, we spend so much time in this episode kind of like putting us in Vash's situation and like how Vash was treated and how they kind of warmed up to him. And I wonder how much I really needed all that information. The fact that they didn't trust Vash in the beginning. The fact that they felt, like, betrayed by him. Because clearly, they're going to be okay with him by the end of this situation. I feel like the storytelling could have been a bit more economical. Like, they could have used their time better. But they clearly really wanted to spread this over two episodes. We learned all this stuff about Vash. His connection to the plants. Where he got his jacket. Where he had been living in his early years on this planet. And that's all good stuff. I think it's all fine. But we didn't really learn stuff about knives. We didn't get to see, like, knives and Vash's early year together. Their time together. We don't know anything right. about Knives' motivation for why he did what he did. Like, as far as we know, Vash and Knives were born. Vash was a cinnamon roll, and Knives was uh, an edgy, moody dickhead. Yeah, Knives was a Hot Topic Lincoln Park yeah. <laughs> preteen. Yeah. <laughs> and Rem was just being, like, the good adopted mom. And then for some reason, one of them just ended up being super evil and the other one ended up being super good. And I still don't know why. I wonder, right, if the next episode is going to give us sort of a similar like timeline, but from Knives' perspective. And so we'll see more stuff on the ship of him and we'll see him seeing things that makes him decide he doesn't like humanity or that he's everyone's better um and we'll hopefully see more of rim i realized this like just at the end of the episode i finally it like hit me of i'm already attached to rim because i watched the original anime and read the manga mm -hmm. but we actually within stampede itself so far still haven't really seen a whole lot of her you know and right. so I feel like the connection between Vash and Rim is, like, lacking a little bit in what they're trying to get out of it. Because they tried to make his connection to Rim and Rim loving Vash so much that it was felt by the new people. You know, they're really, they're they're leaning on that. And so I felt like they probably should have expanded on it more to get the audience to be able to feel that more. But at the same time, I think they did okay at it. And I do also feel like because it ended on a cliffhanger, this next one's going to give a lot more backstory. And I'm thinking now that it's probably going to show us. And here's what Knives did on the ship originally and how he, why he did what he did and where he's at now, you know, and how he got here to this cliffhanger. If they do that, I, I think I'd really dig that. I think, I think that'd actually be really cool. Right? I feel so shitty being like, but I don't have faith that this show's going to do the cool, good thing. Because, uh, like, I've been burned by it. I have. Yeah, I was just we, we were burned by episode six going into episode seven. 
of like being hyped up for where's this gonna go? This is so cool. This is such a great setup, and this could do this really cool thing or this cool thing. And then Ion Cannon. I was like on the hyper coaster <laughs> going up the fucking tracks, and then it brought me straight down into a brick wall. And I'm like, you fucker. Kind of. I'm with you on the mostly struggling to like find a whole lot to say because it's like, yeah, it was all right. And I feel like a lot of it's kind of how I feel about this episode going forward is going to hinge a lot on what happens in the next one. And I, I, you know? that's kind of how I feel too. Like maybe we should have doubled up episodes on this one. Cause, yeah. <laughs> Cause like this Rip. one doesn't give us a whole lot to talk about. Cause it is, it's just a lot of backstory and it's very well told backstory, but it is just backstory at the end of the day. It's not really telling a story. It is just telling us, what happened prior to the story. Yeah, it's not really... That's what it is. We're lacking... I feel, I, or at least I am, I'm lacking in a really strong emotional connection with these characters. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm like, yeah, this was a well-written backstory moment, but I'm not emotionally invested, so I'm just like, yeah, it was good. I mean, I like Brad. I liked Brad a lot. I like I liked the Cinderay mentor type thing. I like that. I was going to say, I really liked the characterization of Brad and Louita. I was kind of surprised mm. to see Brad like in the show like this because Brad is usually depicted as a much younger guy who was born much later. Like he wasn't a part of the original ship crew, yeah. both in the old anime and in the manga. Luita, I actually like. I don't know where like like when she was like if she was part of the original ship crew or not because like she's depicted as definitely older. Like, in the manga, and, like, she's probably still gonna be around in this series. You know, so they introduce Luita as, like, a younger woman, and then they're probably gonna have older Luita, like, in the manga. But yeah, no, like, I really liked their dynamic. I liked Brad. I feel like the characterization was really, really well executed. They did a really good job capturing guy who wants to, like, seem emotionless and standoffish and like no i don't care about this kid and he's just like god damn i care about this kid stop fucking telling him like that was cute that was genuinely like nice character moments like i really like brad and louita and this is the first time i've really felt anything for brad as a character like yeah. brad in the original series i'm like yeah no he's fine brad in the manga yeah, yeah he's fine this is pro like I'm gonna say it like this is like my favorite take on Brad so far as a character because I actually care about him and I like I see personality I see humanity in him yeah I see the complications and like how he feels about Bash and like the just kind of how real it is that he mm-hmm. was like suspicious of him from the beginning he had like you know good reason to be suspicious but he was like still open and then opened up you know he was still open to the idea of like this kid being like you know a kid and wanting to take care of him and help him out and stuff and so he warms up to him and then those earlier suspicions come back really hard and so he says some shit in the heat of the moment and then like like all of that that whole like arc i guess felt very real and the way he like Mm -hmm. felt bad when he heard like the letter and was like, okay, tell tell Vash I said I'm sorry. It gave me the feeling of like the um what uh 
Sebastian says in uh, Guillermo de Toro's Pinocchio about fathers sometimes say certain things. I can't remember the exact quote. It's a very beautiful quote, though. I need <gasps> You've to seen Pinocchio! Like, Yay! Yeah! Yeah! No, you never told me, dude. I never recommending it to you. And, like, sorry, this is now a Pinocchio yeah, podcast. That's... Fuck Trigon. No, it's just... <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> well, no, 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 you're fine. But, like, you see what I'm saying, though, about, like, it felt like that of the like genuine the way that like Sebastian like cricket guy said to Pinocchio of like yeah sometimes fathers say things in the moment that they think they mean but they yeah. don't actually mean again I wish I remembered the quote this would be so much better of a comparison if I could remember the exact quote <laughs> but it still it felt very akin to that you know it felt very similar to that and that's part of what I think it's very hard to write um people doing things and then immediately regretting it without it feeling forced. You know, it's yeah. really hard to make that work. And I guess this is all just a roundabout way to me to try to say, I feel like they've made it work. And I know that it's possible because I've seen it work very well in other things. <laughs> Speaking of things not feeling forced, I am going to talk about something that I do think feels forced. The rest of like the people mm. on the ship like, their attitude towards Vash before, like, Vash fixes the plant. Because they're, like, like, literally there's a fucking scene of them, like, looking at him through a window on his door. And they're just, like, look at him. He's grotesque. Is that it? Like, we should fucking kill it. And it's just like, what the fuck's wrong with you people? Why? Y'all, he can hear you! <laughs> like, 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 he's a goddamn kid. Like, And then, like, when he looked up at them and looked over at them, they, like, walked away as if they were like, oh, we don't want him eavesdropping. And it's like, what? Why were y'all just hanging out in the front? Yeah, no. That was... And we know that they know that people can hear them on the other side because Luita, like, talked to him through it before. So <laughs> I, That scene felt like really just trying to, like, look at how shitty Vash has and how much like Vash is prejudiced against and it's just like I don't I did not like that scene at all it felt way like it felt really really lazy yeah it also like it was another or it was a case of just wasn't necessary either like I got the it gist wasn't. of it by the nice woman was also hesitant and understanding of wanting yeah. to keep him locked up and even if she was being nice, and Brad was very vocal about it, we didn't need to see yeah. like freaking <laughs> bigotry like right outside we his didn't door. Need to see plant racists <laughs> standing outside of his door. I was door, gonna say that I wasn't sure if I like could. spouting like plant slurs at him. <laughs> we didn't need that. If there is one bad element in this entire episode, it is that one right there. I feel like this is more like first draft syndrome someone was just like uh like, we need to like have some shitty things like like things that shows like your discomfort and then someone just wrote in yeah i know we should like fucking kill this kid Ew, what an ugly fuck as like a placeholder and then he forgot to go back so then it just ended up in the actual episode <laughs> because like you said like we already have oh, the nice lady we have the good cop bad cop and even the good cop is hesitant and like that's all we needed yeah they could have had somebody saying, oh my gosh, have you looked at that, like, plant kid thing? It's so weird, blah, blah, blah. And someone goes, shh, he's in that room, you know? Like, I don't know. It's the fact that they were crowding at the window looking at him like he was in a zoo. That was bizarre. Literally, like, three people at the window looking at him. 
just straight up going, he, look at him, he's grotesque, we should kill him. Yeah, I get the, like, wanting to get the idea across that they they do not, they did not see humanity in him at all. Like, I get wanting to yeah. get that across, and that is a way to get that across, but it also just kind of felt like overkill. Like, in another story somewhere, that kind of scene could would work for that exact purpose. But here, with everything else, it didn't feel right. Yeah. But even then, that's, like, like a one really quick thing that's, like, considering how, like, bad we've had, like, entire episodes is, like... Oh, yeah, no. G- g- given, like, previous episodes where, like, the subtlety hit with the force of a sledgehammer, <laughs> like, this was... Blink and you'll miss it kind of moment. Yeah, and it was just really, it was one incredibly bad 10 second moment in a fairly good episode. And I feel kind of bad like harping on it for as long as I have just because like it is so short, but it is such a badly executed scene that it's just like, you fucking wrote that and then you had people record it and then you still chose to put it in the episode. Yeah. (laughs) There are some interesting things here that I did want to talk about because there are things that are different in this series than there are from like the manga and the classic series. They question Vash about being able like, oh, well, you know, you're a plant, right? So like, what do you generate? And he's just like, uh, I, I can't like the other independent could, but I can't. So that's an interesting thing. Like... Because Vash is a plant, they actually be expect him to generate like power for for uh, them, or to generate anything, and he can't. I guess knives, uh, thing that he generates are uh, fucking killer deathblade shurikens. Yeah. <laughs> which I or don't know under metal. which situation. Maybe it's like he can generate metal and it's in such a way that like, or and he's like got so much control over it that he manipulates it into knives and that's why we get like the freaking, he can do all that cool shit from his introduction episode. Either that he's like a master of magnetism, like he's fucking Magneto. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm really curious to know like exactly what knives' power is because in the manga, they could generate power. Like that's what the angel arm is. And once they expel all that power, their hair turns mm-hmm. black. Like, that was a thing in the manga. I don't know. Honestly, given the fact that, like, Vash's yeah. hair is already, like, two-toned, I doubt they're actually going to do the whole his hair turning black thing. Well, yeah. we'll see. Like, you know, that was, like, his whole thing in, like, the manga, though. Like, you know, he could generate energy and expel it like that. The same thing with knives. Um, knives could you know turn his body into literal tendril blades vash could turn his body into wings and feathers and that was his thing so like yeah their bodies can mutate and take different forms and shapes that were part of their plant nature as well as yeah they could expel mass amounts of energy like apparently like uh in this continuity plants all have set like features like this plant does this this plant does this which i would explain why like genora rock has two plants one for one function one for another and clearly one of those functions was water yeah i actually feel like that makes the world building feel more like concise i guess might be the world word i don't know i like that world building aspect better in the sense of like 
a plant can have the ability to generate one thing. Okay, well, this plant does this, so this plant's going to do this. Yeah. As opposed to just plants just vaguely generate whatever they feel like in the moment, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know? It, it, it feels like it'd be easier for people to manipulate and, like, use, you know, and use if they knew exactly what the plant was going to, you know, dish out right. at a given point. Uh, and also, going back to, like, episode three where uh, Knives says, like, oh, you can't control your gate yet. So, clearly, there is power inside of Vash that he just can't tap into yet. Oh, right! Sorry, I, I didn't <laughs> realize that. <laughs> So yeah, that's probably going to be his angel arm. Honestly, yeah. I I would be shocked if this season didn't end with him firing the angel arm into like the moon. Please, please, I I am begging for that to be the case. Like you want to talk about losing iconography? The angel arm thing is like freaking. It's iconic to try right. You know. Yeah, no, it's a massive part of the show, and him blasting the moon is too. Uh, by the way, I am aware. That the season has completed as of this recording. It just ended. Please no spoilers in the comments until after we've gotten there. Because we don't know. We have been very good about like avoiding spoilers and... And not watching ahead. Mm -hmm. We're trying to be good. We're trying to keep to the spirit of the original plan for this podcast. And we've been doing great. And we have, what, two more episodes after this? Because I think it's 10 episodes, isn't 12. it? 12. So we have four more episodes. Oh, it's 12? Oh, I need a phone. <laughs> so yeah, like, like we're getting close to the end. This has been confirmed. Yeah. Like, it's a 12-episode first season, and then we're getting what they're calling, like, I think, final phase. So I guess the second season will be, like, another 12-ish episodes, and that's going to be the conclusion of it. Okay. I, I like that. I like that. I do. I feel like with the way the story has been going... Um, it still feels like, if you consider that, they've kind of rushed through a lot of world building stuff, but, you know, there is still a lot more that can be done that doesn't feel like it can get covered in four episodes, right. you know? Especially because we barely know anything about what Knives is actually right. up to, you know? Like, hopefully this next episode will fill us in. I will say it was really, and it's not a bad thing, just kind of a weird thing where Vash is, like, walking to confront Knives and then it flashes forward to him waking up at home, and he now has his robotic arm, and he's just like, "Oh, they they took care of me." And then, and then it flashes back again to him approaching knives and confronting him, and it's just like, "Well, gee, I wonder how that conversation's about to go." <laughs> but yeah, uh, honestly though, like, it's a backstory episode. I have it's a well told one. I think. It does a good job of, like, getting us in kind of Vash's mental state. It kind of does a really good job, with the exception of that one scene that we complained about, of, like, showing, like, people's kind of distrust of Vash, slash, like, they're coming around to him. I, I like I said, I love the characterizations for Luita and Brad. Uh, I thought it was kind of neat that they actually gave, like, a name for what Vash and Knives are. Because independent is not a thing from the manga or anime. I remember in the manga, the whole idea was that, like, they were plants, but it was, like, a very confusing thing for everybody on the ship. And there was one before them that they experimented on, and then Rim felt horrible about that. So when they showed up, she just kept everyone else asleep and refused to tell anybody. 
and took care of them. And the reason that happened was because nobody had any clue what the hell was going on with those guys existing. Yeah. You know, and I felt like that kind of left overall, kind of left, like, me feeling wanting more information about, okay, but what the hell was going on with that by the end, you know? And meanwhile, the anime really did just go, you're a plant. Oh, okay. Like, the anime <laughs> honestly, like, spends so much time not telling you. And I think there's a couple of visuals that hint at it in the old anime. And then, like, in the very last episode, like, when they're, like, having their duel, Knives says, like, th has a throwaway line about them being a plant. And... Yeah, it's sort of like, you know that you are a plant, right? And it's like... Like, it doesn't matter wait, to me. Wait, what? Wait... <sighs> Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like, wait, what? Go back? Because honestly, like, back when I had first watched Trigun, I never picked up on that. I had no clue what the hell they were. Yeah, I totally missed that, too. I thought I was just stupid and didn't want to get rid of my credibility. Like, it wasn't until, like, my last rewatch where I was just like, because it had been so long since I had seen it, I didn't really remember it all too well. And I'm like... I wonder how blatantly obvious that is. So when I was watching it last year, I'm like, yeah, no, it's not obvious at all. There's like a couple of vague scenes. There's a couple of lines that are vaguely hinting at it. And then there's the very blinking, you'll miss it dialogue between Knives and Vash of, you're a plant, I know, I don't care. And that's it. <laughs> that I often have to like tell people all the time uh, when they're like talking about their stories and writing their stories or showing me stuff that they want me to read over that like you're gonna have pieces of world building and pieces of information that aren't relevant to your story, you know, and that you have to cut out because it's not relevant to your story and it just bogs everything down, right? And the original anime is the opposite of that problem. <laughs> of like, okay, but no, you do have to tell me some things. You do have to let me in on the stuff that is relevant, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, especially, like, given, like, how episodic... Uh, the original series was like they really could have told you that at any point and made that shit more clear all right so i've pretty much said everything i wanted to say uh we ended up having way more to say i think than we intended yeah we keep doing that but that's 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 fair that's yeah. yeah we feed off of each other we start out going well i don't have much to say but then the other person says something and then like the ball starts rolling and just you can't stop it next thing you know we're 46 minutes in <laughs> yep rating time one to six bullets uh kai what you got i'm going to give it a four out of six in the sense of and it's like a tentative kind of hesitant four out of six in the sense of like however the next episode goes is gonna end up changing like if somebody asks me after i watch the next episode what my rating is it's gonna probably be different based on like how the next episode goes it's you know it's a b it's okay you know you did good you didn't really you did one little weird thing but nothing's perfect and so that and it wasn't it wasn't even something that like broke the entire episode either it was just like huh that was weird and kind of awkwardly and clunkily written okay moving on you know and beyond that i just didn't really get that super invested emotionally and that's a big thing for me even though i liked the uh -huh. characters i still didn't get that emotionally invested and that's an important thing for me to like like your thing. So, four out of six, not because of any big writing sins, but just because 
Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Um, in fact, that's so fair that uh, four out of six is the exact same score I was <laughs> going to give this. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I'm giving this a four out of six. It's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. It is competently done, but there's nothing, like, really noteworthy about it. It's basically kind of going through the motions of showing this, these events in Vash's life. And, yeah, like, it's all, it's it's well done. But there's nothing really for me to, like, latch onto and, like, go, yeah, that's a banger episode. Something that's, like, important to remember, too, is that it's, like, well... I, I can see the like complaints already with my third eye of like, but you said it did good writing wise, but why is it important for you to? Well, it's because like art is art, you know, and these are personal opinion scores of like this is what I got out of it, you know. So, and there is something to the fact that like somebody that I know um, what uh, was going to school as a music major, right? And so as a music major. Uh, they had to uh, take composition classes, and they had to write compositions. And their professor told them, you know, there's nothing technically wrong with this, but it still feels lacking. You know, and there's just, there's this emotional, like, and this person's totally fine with this, and they've told me this story, like, tons of times. Like, yeah, I can't really write music, but I still, you know, my artistry comes in playing it, you know? Uh, in how I play mm-hmm. it, but all that to say that like there is that de- there is something like it is a detriment if you can't get that sort of connection. Like there has to be something like you can do everything technically right, and you- overall your art is still lacking. And that yeah. I feel like should isn't something that should be like brushed aside as not important, you know. And that's why I'm like letting it affect my score because it's. Even though I know there's people out there who's like, no, you got to be totally objective. It's art. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I um, art is always going to be subjective. Like I said, it is a perfectly fine functional episode. It doesn't like excel at anything. I didn't feel anything. I even the visual aspects of it. Like I couldn't even say like, oh my god. Like because usually we talk about how like. This show really takes advantage of the CGI to deliver some really spectacular visuals and things that you just couldn't do 2D. And at no point is that the case in this episode. This episode is very flat, very plainly, like, it's, it's all competent, it's all fine. But from the visual standpoint to the, like, exposition to, uh action for what little there is all the components they're all competent but there's nothing that like pops it's all just you did good kid and that's fine like a four out of six is not a bad score it is the upper end of average and that's what this episode was the upper end of average that's a really good way to put it yeah you know (laughs) i like that now, next episode, I'm really holding it to some higher standards because this episode gets the pass of being the backstory episode. 
even though like Wolfwood got like a backstory episode and we gave that shit a fucking perfect score. But you know what? Not everything could be the Wolfwood Levio backstory episode. I was gonna I was gonna end this freaking recording going like take me back to the Wolfwood Levio episode. Like I was gonna literally do exactly that. <laughs> Give me my Yowie soft boys. <laughs>